From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What? I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Worship. Christians willingly and wholeheartedly worship a documented child killer, and for some strange reason, they feel the need to accuse everyone else of worshiping something as well. It's just silly word games. There is nothing I do in my life, the respect I show to others, the love I share, that even compares to the ridiculous actions of worship Christians will perform for their invisible friend. They lift their hands towards the sky, thinking Jesus is looking down on them with love. They'll cry and convulse, sing praises, and put this egomaniac on the highest of all pedestals one can put someone, to the point where they refuse to even question his motives when their own holy book, the book they use to understand the character of their deity, contains stories in which he slaughters the innocent for disgusting reasons. This is what blind faith looks like. Why would anyone choose to worship such a monster? Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is online weight loss coach serving busy mom and dads without gimmick dieting, Yuri Doroshuk. Welcome to the show, Yuri. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. So I got to ask, man, what is gimmick dieting? Oh, man. Lotions, potions, pills and powders. <laughs> uh, overnight, you know, promises of success, restrictive dieting, mm -hmm. right? Hey, lose weight, 10 pounds a month. Um, just crazy things, man, that aren't sustainable. So hmm. yeah, they help you lose weight, but the goal isn't just the weight loss. It's to maintain the weight off. Right. Hmm. So the idea should be a, Hey, how can I lose weight in such a way that once I get to my goal, there's nothing else to go back to because the way I lost weight was realistic, sustainable, and enjoyable. You hmm. solve that problem. You're set for life. Otherwise, it's just these fad diets that people do, quick results, but then mm. a year later, they're back to square one with a little bit of interest. <laughs> well, I know. I said a lot more lately, so it's definitely putting on a lot more with some interest there. Um, so what about like food-wise, as far as your program? How does that work? Just eat whatever we want, or how, how does it go? Yeah. So uh, basically, what I do is I'll look at what someone and how they're eating. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is I help them make those small tweaks to put them in a calorie deficit in order for them to lose weight. So mm -hmm. I kind of meet people where they're at as opposed to saying, OK, Michael, whatever you've been doing, scratch that. Here's a new thing. And then you're <laughs> applying willpower and discipline and mm -hmm. all this extreme focus. And it's just a matter of time before you're like, 
I can't keep this going. I have a wedding <laughs> coming up and I'm traveling. How am I supposed to, you know, I'm not going to fit into this dress. Yeah. That's right. No. <laughs> that's right. So um, that's kind of, that's kind of it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. For, for the listeners out there, this is not an infomercial or a commercial. This is the actual show. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Do we're I sound there. like an infomercial? <laughs> no, for me, like this, we usually don't talk about weight and stuff okay. like that in the show. It's not, not a typical topic. So I just wanted to make sure everybody was like, you know, where it was going on here. Um, so how long you been doing this? So I entered the industry back in 2005. Wow. All right. So I was an in-person personal trainer, did about 3,000 one-on-one sessions. Mm. Then I ended up moving from California to Dallas to go to Bible school. Mm. And so I kind of left that industry for a little bit. Uh, got my education there, and then I ended up going to seminary, Dallas Theological mm-hmm. Seminary. Got my Master of Theology degree there. And during that time, life happened like it happens mm. to most of us. <laughs> I uh, got married. We had three kids, fourth on the way, oh, and I was 65 pounds overweight. Mm. Um, I remember hopping on an airplane. Sitting on my uh, in my seat, buckling uh, myself, and just feeling so much pressure around my midsection. I felt like I was mm. just going to pop. I mean, once I bent over and I literally had the seams just rip on my oh, butt. Like that no. happened. <laughs> that happened. So I remember no thinking, it was wild. It was embarrassing too. But I remember <laughs> thinking, like, man. I know what I need to be doing. I've just been focusing so much on other things. I've just prioritized work, career, Mm. you know, uh, and just neglected my health and body. And so uh, I made a decision that Mm. in that moment on the airplane, like this is going to be my year. And so I knew I needed to do it differently, though, because Mm. I had three stints of short kind of term weight loss where I would lose 15 to 20 pounds. But then I would gain it back, right? It's the same 15, 20 Mm. pounds most people are chasing their entire life, right? It's that 15, 20 pounds of beer I keep putting on. 15, 20 pounds of beer, (laughs) yes. Uh, Everybody has their own thing, you know? And so I felt like, okay, I needed to do it differently. And so it was, hey, Mm. how can I do this thing by eating what I like to eat and still lose weight? I love me some pizza. Okay, I oh. eat pizza every week. And I was like, there's just no way I'm going to get on some diet, eat salads, not mm. pizza. Like, it's just not sustainable. And mm. so I did it. And then people were like, hey, how'd you do it? So I started helping people. And back in 2019, I launched my business. And nice. so just my transformation rekindled my passion and interest for weight loss. Mm. And here I am. Helping parents do the same thing that I've been, that I did. (laughs) Always good to stay healthier, man. I, we could all take a page out of that book for sure. hundred percent. So this, the business and the seminary and the Bible school, did any of that mix together? Do you feel like God was telling you to do this or was this all your own? Yeah. um, Look, a, a lot of times in church, right, there's this kind of secular sacred divide. Right. There are certain things that I do that are considered spiritual. Right. Uh So it could be things like prayer, meditation, reading the Bible, going to church, singing, spiritual. But, um, 
mowing the lawn, secular, nothing spiritual about it. Mm. Um, hanging out with a friend, playing pool, nothing really spiritual about that. Mm. And so the idea of secular sacred divide is still prominent in the church today. And so when it comes to the body, right, mm. nobody, everybody gives lip service to like pastors, preachers, people in general, right? To a hey, health is important. We need to be healthy. We need mm -hmm. to be in great shape. It's one thing to give lip service to it. It's another to kind of live by it. So I found even in the church, co congregants, leaders, there isn't a real focus or maybe conviction that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, mm. as scripture teaches. And mm. then furthermore, like part of the gospel message mm. that Jesus came, died for your sins, so you can be saved. Like that's a Christian uh, belief, right? Mm. That the part of the gospel is the resurrection of our physical bodies. That our bodies are groaning for the return of Christ for the resurrection of the body. So we here in church, Jesus died for your soul, right? Jesus died for your soul. And so when the person is being buried, the minister will stand above over the person and say, well, let's not, you know, uh, be sad. Although the outer shell is here, <laughs> so-and-so yeah. is in a better place. And this is just their earthly shell. And it's like, wrong. Mm. This is half of them. They're still mm. incomplete. Mm. Their soul is gone, but they're still waiting for the return of Christ for their soul, their spirit, right? To reunite with their physical body, right? Sure, it's, it might be a glorified body will look a little bit differently. Jesus had that resurrection. Um, mm. And so the physical body is part of the gospel. And so out of that conviction, man, I was like, wait a second. If the spiritual man, the spiritual life is important, so is our physical being. And so, man, it's from that conviction that I'm like, you know, if I look good, if I feel great, I show up more powerfully in my marriage, hmm. in my relationships. I show more powerfully uh, at church when I serve people uh, at work. You know, during the the sixty five pound uh, drop, I got two promotions at work, two pay raises, <laughs> and a title uh, promotion. Not because I lost weight, but I think just deep down, I just came with a different energy. Right, you I had a little better. pep in my step. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Once upon a time, I used to work out, and when I did, I felt better. Like I, I remember, like after a month of doing it. Going to going to a friend of mine, going. I, I I feel so much better. Like I feel more energy, more more. You know, just happier. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Why'd you I, stop? I, I gotta ask well, you, man. Why <laughs> why'd you stop? Uh, kids, life. I mean, man. I I do a little bit here and there. I um, <laughs> I VR. I I uh, do all those exercise things on the VR, different games and whatnot. Like it it's pretty intense sometimes. Like I still I pulled a muscle the other day sneezing after VRing. So that's. You know, okay, I'm old. That's but... next level right there. <laughs> that's about as far as I go. Um, but I, I definitely would love to get back into it. Take and... your kids with you. How old are you hmm. kids? Nine and six, seven, nine yeah. and seven. So here's what I do, man. R real talk. Man, I get, get this a lot. Yeah. You're my, hey, you're my ideal client. And so how <laughs> do we fit? How do we fit uh, exercise and 
and weight loss and all that in our busy schedules. Yeah. And so here's what you do. Instead of instead of thinking that this is just one more thing I need to do in addition to, mm. ask yourself, how can I incorporate my kids, my family in my in the journey, in the process? Yeah. And so the way that looked for me is mm. I made sure my gym had childcare. That was yeah. it. Like, if you don't have childcare, you're not having my money. Like, I'm not going to your gym. <laughs> it was that simple. It was a non-negotiable. Yeah. And so I take them, I check them in, and then I go work out. But the cool part is, like, we're driving, so we're talking and engaging. Yeah. And then afterwards, they want to go to Chick-fil-A. So we'll stop by and get Ooh. some Chick-fil-A. So it, it, it's it's some fellowship. It's it's great bonding. I understand. Time. Yeah, that's a good and idea. And they see me work out. So they're, they're, it's not just dad saying, hey, working out is healthy. They see me. And today, four years later, my my six-year-old is now 10 years old. She now works out with me. Not oh, because I go. forced her to. She was like, dad, can I just work out with you? I really don't want to be in child care anymore. I'm like, there let's you go. go. And so she's doing it. And so that's it awesome. never felt like it was me taking away from family because dad has mm. this weight loss goal i just said you guys are coming with me and <laughs> you have cool. no choice you're part you of have no choice <laughs> but they're all about it because they get chick-fil-a afterwards That's and so my funny. wife was like hey i salute you because you're taking all four kids with you <laughs> and i'm home by myself Gone. take your yeah. time mm-hmm. but imagine if i left and left the four kids then you, there's yeah. even more tension that's definitely tension yeah for sure great idea though i mean a little bit off here but my thing with the vr i mean my kids can watch me do it and then we can do high scores and stuff like that so yeah 100 i have them already do part of that so it, it is that. bringing in the family with it i just need to make more time for it my, i'm just lazy man i'm just lazy it's just like that's a lot of work i'm gonna be sweating afterwards it's gonna hurt my muscles afterwards you know i gotta spend 20 minutes doing that instead of writing i don't know but yes it's, i will it's, definitely it's the benefits though it is the benefits i will feel enjoy better. working out like I'll I'll be the first. Like I don't enjoy. Like think about it. Going to a place, <laughs> putting pressure and resistance on your muscles, mm. breaking a sweat. Like there's mm. nothing fun and sexy about it. So I'm not <laughs> trying to like, hey, you gotta enjoy working out. But here's the thing: I've yeah. never left, and you could probably attest to this. You probably never leave a workout session feeling, dang, that was such a waste of time. Why did I do it? <laughs> No, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did it. And so the reason why I work out, the reason why I encourage my clients to work Mm -hmm. out is not because I'm convincing them that it's fun and sexy. It's I'm actually saying that feeling you get afterwards, Mm -hmm. that's why you do it. Mm -hmm. And then how you feel for the rest of the day. And just keeping that in perspective. Nice job. Thanks, man. Now let's get to the fun and sexy part. Thank you for that. That was awesome. I'm Definitely going to go work out after this. Appreciate Let's go. It. <laughs> so you mentioned that the body is groaning for the return of Jesus. Can you explain that a little more? Yeah. So uh, in the Christian faith, mm-hmm. Jesus is going to return. Um, if you believe in the, the gospel, right? So the belief is he's going to come back for his bride. And so um, we're waiting. And so because of sin and just the fall of humanity, you know, we're corrupt as far as we decay, we get mm. sick, you wake up and your back hurts and just pain, agony, right? Um, and so we're waiting kind of for Christ's return. And and it's not just so my 
soul or spirit can be in heaven and and fly Hmm. it's literally the body is part of it like Hmm. the only thing that man made in heaven are are jesus's scars in his hands and feet interesting he actually has a physical body where he's at and so for the saints the the church we will have physical bodies in heaven and so that is why scripture talks about the body being the temple of the spirit and so we need to take care of our physical body as much as we possibly can because god can only use us to the extent that our body is is willing and able you said a lot there you said thank you you said a lot there. Uh, a lot um, assumed a lot you know <laughs> for sure for sure i'll poke holes in a little bit here but so so the groaning part though the groaning is our bodies are aging and decaying, so we're groaning for Jesus to return so we can get our new bodies. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, yes. 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 The kind of the glorified body the way Christ had uh, after his resurrection. Like, he had a physical body. How, how many... Uh, uh, don't take this the wrong way. How many generations of Christians have said... That Jesus is coming back within their lifetime. Probably every generation. Every single generation. Sure. Even in the Bible. Sure. We have people that think that God's coming back for them. Uh, even Jesus said that it's going to happen within his lifetime. Some of you will not taste death. Um, and then it didn't happen. So why are we so confident that it's going to happen within your generation? I think most people uh, will kind of read scripture, especially mm. like the uh, you know the book of Revelation, mm. right? And then they kind of have one eye on scripture and one eye on Fox News or CNN, oh, <laughs> right? Uh. And, and then they make that kind of they make that connection, like, oh, this is it. Right, the right. big the, the the big bear. Oh, that that must be Russia. Yeah. Oh, things are right. Like things are happening. There's always uh, something. Yeah, there's always some. I mean, I literally I've heard that when Barack Obama was the president, oh, yeah. maybe you've heard it. Like he oh, was yeah. the Antichrist. Oh, of course. Like I literally yeah. heard that. And so I think. That Meanwhile, that is... Trump is great. I mean, it, yeah, it, just, it just blows or, my just, mind. Obama would the say he's the Antichrist. But this guy, no, he's cool. <laughs> But yeah, that and I think that's what it is. So I think it's just kind of like we're kind of reading scripture and then looking at modern current events. Oh, Connecting wars, rumors of wars. Those are going to be signs of end times. But let's face it. There have been wars and rumors of wars mm-hmm. every generation. Correct. I don't yeah. think there's ever been a period that there hasn't been rumors <laughs> of war. So. Maybe that one Tuesday, but that was it. That was yeah, it, just that maybe. one Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I think and so I think that's why. Um, and so I'm I think that mm. so I think that's like one kind of extreme where it's like this is it, like this is it. Yeah. But if I'm honest with myself, man, I think I might fall to the to the other side uh, of huh. the extreme error where it's kind of like you don't think about his return. Like you're just so caught up in the here and now Hmm. that you're almost like not living with urgency. Like, hey, he might come anytime. And it's like you're just kind of 
day by day doing living in the now exactly that's all we can do is live in the now nice job yuri (laughs) <laughs> but but then the, the 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 danger is there's no sense of urgency right like mm. for the uh for the believer there's a sense of like the great commission evangelism ah. sharing faith and so if someone is is not living with a little sense of urgency then mm. we might just become like passive spectators uh in this you know christian mission if you will and so just the mission. kind of do nothing the mission is to spread the word of Jesus, to sure. convince others to be Christian, or how do you see the Great Commission? Okay, great. Can I back up one step yeah. further? Absolutely. We have we have two uh, two mandates. Two. Here it is. There's a mandate before the fall, hmm. uh, before Genesis three, when we hear read about the fall. Uh-huh. They Adam and Eve, right? Historical, uh, if you believe that, historical figures in the garden, and they were to multiply, to spread. They were to kind of rule over creation, uh-huh. right? And they were created in the image of God. And so, man's mandate was literally to enjoy his creation in fellowship with him. That's mandate number one. So, man, when I go to Cancun, I enjoy myself. When uh, I travel, I enjoy myself because I feel well, like. I hope so. Yeah, right. But I, and, and it goes back to a secular sacred divide where I feel like I am on mission still enjoying God's creation, the sunset, mm. the beach, the, the soft mm. white sand between my toes. Like, I feel like I'm enjoying that. So that mandate has never been erased it's still there but then we get the fall right depravity sin enters the world and we fast forward to the new testament the great commission go to all the nations making disciples right Um, Right. and and so today the church is really focused on that piece and sometimes i just feel like we forget to just stop and just you know what Invite invite a friend, your neighbor, over for a beer if that's your thing, and have a relationship with mm. them. Not for the intent mm. of converting, of evangelism. Simply have a relationship mm. with no strings attached. Interesting, right? And that comes from the first mandate of just being, reflecting God's image, love, mercy, compassion, kindness, just being there. And in time, man, God will work things and and there might be a relationship and and, and people open their hearts, I believe, to Christians that uh, enter a relationship with kind of no strings attached, not like having that angle, like, hey, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to dinner because I'm going to get you, you know, like I'm going to corner you and and, and just, no, I'm just gonna slowly whittle away at you. Slowly yeah, whittle away. At you. Just, just be, just be, and in time, it's amazing how just the relationship takes its course. Interesting. So, so the, it's just gonna hang out with Christians, and then eventually they'll see that Christians are awesome, and they'll be a Christian themselves. That's essentially not always. No pressure. Well, so what, what about that instance that? Um, God has that commission, the great commission. You're supposed to spread the word, tell people whatever. Um, And what if you have this friendship with somebody who's an atheist who never believed and you don't have that conversation and you miss that opportunity. And then you're in judgment. God's like, Hey man, 
I gave you a job to do and you didn't do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, when do you know? I don't know. Like, how's that work for you? That's good. So I believe ultimately in the sovereignty of God. Right. And that huh. he, I don't do the saving. He does the saving. I'm just the tool a vessel. Huh. And he will use my relationship to do what he needs to do. So I do He'll not use it. He'll do it. Yes. I don't put the pressure on Yuri that it's my job to say, I don't do the saving. It's the scripture teaches us in Romans. It's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So it's not the power of Yuri. It's not mine. So I don't walk with that pressure and burden like, what if they go to work and they get in a car accident and I missed my opportunity? Like, not Jesus at all. Jesus going to be so mad, man. Yeah, not at all. Like, he's why does he need people that. at that point? If he's going to come in and do his thing anyways, why does yes. he give everybody a great commission? That's the wild part. That's why wild. does he ask us to? Why does he ask us to pray? Like, does God really need? me to pray in yeah. order no but here's the thing he's not only sovereign over the outcome the end he's huh. sovereign over the means and why he stirs christians to pray for certain things when he could just do those things without he knows exactly prayer. right right that that is one of the mysteries that he chose and continues to choose people his church as a vehicle, as a means to do his work on this earth. When ultimately he didn't need anybody to create creation. He didn't I, need, I, right? Like, but that is the mind boggling thing that he would, <laughs> he would like. You call it a mystery. I call it, it just doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of things when they start to pile up, there's a lot of things in here that don't make sense in the Bible, the, the, the religion itself. Um, the sovereignty. I, I want to get into that a little bit. What do you think? What is sovereignty? First off, let's just get that out of the way. What is sovereignty? God? God is in complete control. In uh, control. He's able to do as he wishes hmm. within his character, right? Um, okay. That's an interesting sentence right there. Do as he wishes within his character. That is right, a, so like, so like he can do everything, but he's not going to lie. But isn't he's, God sovereign? He can't he he's lie? Not gonna lie? He doesn't lie because he's constant. He's immutable. He doesn't change. So within huh. within his character that scripture talks about, um, he's able to do whatever he wishes. Yeah. But not outside. Daniel 435. Of, within the he does whatever he wants with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth, they regard it as nothing. Regarded as nothing to him, Daniel 435. So yes, he does as he wishes. And then, man, that sentence, he does as he wishes within his character. And that's what I kind of, I always seem to go back to this, but I mean, it's just the character of God. Mm. Describe your God for me, the the character of him. And, and, and where do you get this idea? Well, so God's character, he's, he's, he's love. He's merciful. Oh. He's he's patient. <laughs> Have you read the Bible? <laughs> you said you went to Bible school. I don't know. He's merciful and patient, and he's love. So watch Woo! this. So watch ahead, this. But side note: Have I read the Bible? Do you know? Do you remember how long Egypt? What uh, Israel was in Egypt? They were enslaved for like four hundred years before God realized they were enslaved. 
Oh crap, my people, my favorite people, they've been enslaved for 400 years. What was I doing? I should do something. I'm going to send somebody. Wait, that person I know is not going to do it. He's just going to end up carrying the stick, but I'm going to ask him first anyways. Oh, wait, it didn't work out. You know what? I just want this whole thing. I just want to kill the Pharaoh's son. That's my whole goal. I'm going to let these people know that that's my whole goal. And I'm going to harden the Pharaoh. Dude, yeah, I know that story. Yeah. Okay. So watch this. (laughs) It says in scripture, it's not coming to the top of the mind where it's at, that the reason that the reason why God allowed Israel to be in Egypt for so long was because the sins of the of those inhabiting the promised land it says something along the lines it hasn't like reached the top like <laughs> <My God. laughs> ah <laughs> i love it i love it. this is great so the sins hadn't reached mm, kind of like to, to the threshold is he enough he's 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 patient right he's patiently so, waiting for them to make him angry no 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 so does he so, know it's going to make him angry repentance for them to turn from their sins. And so he waited 400 years. That's many generations. Why didn't he just show up and say, hey, by the way, I'm God. I'm waiting for you to stop sinning. Why didn't he do that? 400 Uh, years wasted, just waited. Great question. God does show up in our lives. Mm. The problem is that we want him to show up to us the way we want him to. So based a convincing on, manner, right? Well, not That's necessarily convincing. Kind of what would be helpful. But kind of like, hey, the way you showed up to Paul of Tarsus mm-hmm. when he was on the road there to is. Damascus. This guy, this guy. <laughs> why don't you, God, sh- show up to me like that? So we mm. kind of have, we kind of Gideon. have our ways of of yes how he needs to show up and when he doesn't here's what we say god doesn't show up but let me ask you yeah. this could it be possible uh-huh that yuri today on your show is sent by god to show up yet because we have our own way of wanting him to show up we can completely miss that and so we say well if if god is real why hasn't he showed up why hasn't he revealed himself the way he did to paul who was persecuting the church or gideon Gideon, whoever like did all that why and it's like i think i think my answer is man could it just be possible that god wants to show up the way he wants to and if we just said okay god i don't know how you're gonna do it it could be through my neighbor it could be in any crazy way, but like, let me, like, let me see you when you do show up. Like, let's do let it this me... way, Yuri. Let's do it yes. this way. Our kids, we, we have kids. Well, I have kids. Yeah. Yeah. If I decided to send you to go talk to my kids, I never showed up physically. I never talked to them physically. I never wrote anything out to them. I just sent you to talk to them for me. Do you think that's a good idea and a, a good way to go about things? Or would it be better if their actual father showed up? I mean. So we are created in the image of God, right? Back in Genesis. Uh-huh. There are parts of us that reflect God. Like, for example, there's a hurricane in Florida. There are very gracious, very generous Unchristians, non-Christians 
that will go spend their time, their effort, their energy to help people that they don't even know. That's a very godly thing to do, even Why? though they, How is they where has because, God helped people he doesn't know? Because they are exhibiting God's character. Like but how you do you are, know this, Yuri? The character I see is not loving, merciful, or 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 patient or kind. Really? I've not not remotely. Uh, not remotely. So I don't see that. Tell me. There. Tell me what you see. I see a monster, an egotistical monster who kills children out of jealousy. That's what I see. Who demands worship and praise and honor, or else he's going to burn people alive forever. He sends his only son himself to die so that people can hang out with him because he's unable to hang out with people because of a sin that he created. That It's part of the whole system that he set into motion. I don't see any love, mercy, or patience. Can you please show me where these things are? Well, that's very interesting. We are most satisfied when he is most glorified in us. Why? Meaning, Why is that? Meaning because, so let me ask you this. Yeah. Refrigerator. Can you yeah. use a refrigerator as a, I don't know, a paper holder? Mm. Sure. You can. Like you could put a kind of, yeah, put those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you could like literally get a, uh, get a, or microwave. You could put a microwave on a stack of paper so the wind doesn't blow it. You could Great do idea. that. <laughs> but is that what it's designed in its purpose? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It's not. And so I believe humans are wired. A for worship, what we worship, it's, it's, you know, as we read in scriptures, they worship the whole lot of things and, and people and, and stuff. Yeah. So we are wired for worship fact, whether it's family, whether it's money, whether it's health, we are wired for that. That is just what our manual. Okay is as humans from day one, we're wired to worship something. People I don't worship anything, Yuri. Sure. Self. It could be self. I don't worship myself either. I don't, I don't worship anything like, okay. So my idea of worship is a lot different than I think. See, as a Christian, yeah. do you worship your God and how do you worship your God through, through song, through, through uh raising of the hands, closing of the eyes, um, Prayer. Great I mean, like, great question. Right. Those that, are that different is, worships than than anything I do. That's a anything small form that I of worship. Have. It's like that's that, a form, right? That is, and the it's a limited. I would say about, it's though. a it's a limited view of worship. Worship is not when I'm bowing down or when I'm singing a song. Like, if that is the only thing that I think of when I think of worship, uh -huh. then then yeah, I'll be the first one to, to say, oh yeah, I don't worship anything, but it's the heart. It's the heart. Where So is... a desire is, is a worship? If I desire something? No. Help, help no, me understand. Not, not not the desire. So it's what is the number one thing in your life? And and it's a rhetorical a question. It's a rhetorical. Sometimes it's it's success. Sometimes it's fame. Right. Sometimes it's it's wealth. So well, here's it's not the, like a prostrate. I'm worshiping. Oh, yeah, I do worship something. This is but the definition can, I'm using, Yuri. The okay. feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. That is the definition of worship. That is a noun. That's how I'm that's how I'm using it. Um, so I don't show any admiration or reverence for a deity. I don't worship anything. Now, if you want to say it's something that I like a lot and, and call that worship, 
fine. I like a lot of things a lot. Um, I like my wife a lot. I like beer and coffee and my kids and all these different yeah. things. But I don't worship them. I don't. I don't show expressions of adoration and 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 reverence. It's just is that like a is that like a Webster's dictionary or? Uh, I don't know. Definition from Oxford Language Dictionary. So, so if it's in the context of of a a, let's say a religion, then I could see that yes. being it. But it, but it's it's not. Worship is who or what is number one in your life. And let's say if it's God, that's your definition me, of worship, and that's the one you're work, working with. Then yes, I yeah, will, it's I broader. Will, it's broader. Yeah, it's a for sure. big broad one there. But I don't, yeah, I I don't use that. So. I haven't met anybody that that I uh, got on their knees and bowed to a Benjamin Franklin to a hundred. Haven't met everybody bill. yet. <laughs> I guess I'm sure there's somebody yeah. out there. I guess maybe, maybe, but I haven't met that. I haven't met somebody oh, you know man. burning incense and had a picture of their family I've and they're bowing that. and worshiping family. But yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, the ancestors. And oftentimes, oftentimes, what we give our thought to, what we give. Our, our focus and energy, that thing that's number one that we will sacrifice other things for. Some people do golf and they're going to sacrifice Oof. their marriage on the altar for golf, right? And I'd it's love just to so understand golf. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> like, well, miniature golf is fun, but I, I will just, there's just such a waste of space for me. But I did want to get back to that kid thing though. Um, if, if I sent you to talk to my kids or if you just sent me to talk to your kids and you never showed up, how would your kids feel about you? And would they be correct in if there was an absent father? My dad's an absent father. He's never shown up. I don't see him. Well, he sends this guy, this bearded guy over to talk to me. He sends me nice words from my dad. But, you know, like that's not a relationship. That's not how a loving father would, would act with his children. And Says as a all-powerful, all-knowing God who knows us, who created us this way, he would know that that's not a sufficient amount of showing up it was for me see it's all relative we're, we're mm. going back hey you cannot have back. a personal relationship with somebody you've never met at all you've never seen them you've never had a full conversation with them they've never shown up to your birthday party it's it, that's not what a personal relationship is you would not call that a personal relationship with anybody else do you know how I personally experienced the love of God? I don't know what that means. How do you, what does that mean? You experienced the love of God. What does that okay. mean? Okay. And let me, let me give you a little bit more. How okay. I experience, let's say the grace of God or okay. the mercy of God. Like, what okay. does that mean? Right. I have no You're, idea. You're yeah. Just... <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Yuri. Explain Yuri. Here's the thing hmm. that oftentimes these things are experienced through other people. And so that's just other people. You can't just tell me that's God. That's another person. God through that person. And so like, for example, when I'm in community, when I'm in community around other believers uh -huh. and let's say I share with them my, my darkest sins. And instead of them condemning me, they show me compassion, non non judgmental attitude. But that's they, not what God a, does. God judges they, you for it. They, in a sense, no, He doesn't. They, in a sense, <laughs> they give me grace 
it is through those moments that I experience all of God. So it's not this direct thing where I'm just walking down the street and I get zapped by the love of God. Oh, I felt God's love. It's typically through other people. And so when you're talking about like kids, sending kids, why God uses other humans as instruments, as his vessels. All right. Would you do that? It is is beyond me because you've been around the block for quite some time. A lot of, of us Christians, we're very imperfect. We could be less loving at times, less forgiving. We've we've all got our issues. Right. And so yet God will use us imperfect people to represent him, which to me, honestly, is mind boggling. Where are you getting the mercy? Where are you getting the mercy, Yuri? Because you keep mentioning that. To me, I don't see it. Where do you see this mercy and this grace? You believe in hell, right? Yes. Okay. Hell is eternal, right? Yes. God judges you for what you've done, right? Yes. Where's the mercy and grace? So the mercy and grace is from the fall of sin, which, by the way, God didn't create sin. God, God created God is not. He's not the author of sin. He's the author of free will. And the fact that... You you know, know, he created story, free will, but he didn't create sin. Yes. That's right. he's <laughs> Come on, not, he can't. He can't. No, he's he's got to be he, responsible for both of them. He's not he's the, the creator author of everything. He's not the author of let's say Satan, right? He was the archangel once Wait, upon a time. He's not the time. author of Satan either. He's not the author of Satan rebelling against him. Yeah, hundred percent, he is. Did he or did he not know what Satan was going to do? He did, but he did. because so he, he allowed it, doesn't Satan make that way. He created Satan that way. He could have created Satan anyway, but he created Satan that way, that exact way, with that prideful spirit, as Christians like to say. No, not he created him that way. To to say to say that you have an option, a decision to do something is different than saying you have an option. Not if you know the option, not if you know the decision to start with. If I knew exactly what my kids were going to do when I did something, when I created, let's just say I created a gun and I put it in their room. I know exactly what is going to happen if I do that. But I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Whose fault is it? Isn't that the wild part? Yet he would still go on with the show, like, like, because if I, it's if you and I, wild, Yuri. if very you wild. and I, let's be honest, <laughs> if you and I were God, and we'd be like, okay, here's here, I'm gonna create everything, mm-hmm. see how it plays out. You and I'd be like, scratch that, we're not, we're, we're not running with this show because I, yeah. I see everything that happens. I'm and taking the you tree would... out. I'm not letting the bad guy in. Yeah. I'm not creating the bad guy and then giving him control of the world. No, I'm not going to I'm not do giving that, him free You're will. Gonna I'm going to make either. robots. I'm going to make robots that I could guarantee and secure worship and what Why would I want to do that? Yuri, Yuri, but you he would didn't do that to worship you? I would. That's that's the thing. He didn't you don't worship him. He didn't create you. He's not forcing he, the you entire to planet of people were created so that they could worship him. Were they not? Because that is how 
we are most satisfied. That I would be, I'm not, that here. would be the most, uh, that would be the argument that everything that we are in search of are counterfeits from, from Satan himself. They're just replicas, right? I was never satisfied when I had Jesus in my heart. I was never full. I was never complete. I still had a void. Isaiah 43, 21, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Colossians 1, 16, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominations uh, or dominions or rulers uh, or authorities, all were created through him and for him, for him. Yes. yes. Would you create yes. things that yes. were specifically made to worship you? What's the alternative? Me worshiping not worshiping s- an invisible documented child killer. One hundred percent. I am happier without my religion. I am freer without all of that burden of of this this invisible father figure who's going to get mad at me if I do something wrong. If I think something wrong, I'm going to burn in hell forever. But he loves me. But he loves what, me. What kind of church did you grow up in? All kinds of churches. I went to lots of churches. Was it? So it doesn't. Well, oh no! It, don't say it doesn't matter. If it I doesn't can really ask. matter. It, it really I mean, does. You can ask, of course, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, there was sure an evangelical. Does. We were soft, um, soft evangelical. I think I went to a Baptist church once or twice, and then, but yeah, I fire grew up in and church, brimstone, man. fire and brimstone. There was some of that for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that does honestly. The community we're in, the gospel that's being preached uh, behind the pews, does form and shape our our view. It doesn't of, change the facts, though, Yuri. It doesn't it change the facts of the religion. It's the lens. It's the lens by which we view God. And it is important what type of God was presented and preached. Because I I, I can relate. You're presenting to me, Yuri. It's the same one. The one who loves me, who is merciful, who is uh, patient. But when I actually picked up the book and read it, and I put all these things together, it just did not add up and nothing made any sense. And it just continues to make less sense the more I dive into it and the more I learn. That's where I'm at. Do you not to not to say the Old Testament's not not you know important? Mm. It's just as valid, just as applicable. It's the oh. arm. The New Testament's the hand. That's how I like to look at that relationship. <laughs> Never heard that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like uh-huh. I'm not you know. Hey, that's the Old Testament. Like no, God's yeah. word is God's word. So like, do you do you read the New Testament or have it. you read the New Testament? testament and given it as much kind of time and attention yes. as oh, yeah. as the old testament oh yeah yeah my, my one of my favorite things um is that uh we were talking about the resurrection or, or uh, the coming back of god mm-hmm. uh paul thought it was going to happen in his lifetime that was one of my favorite things i'm going to be caught up together in the clouds and we're deceased believers um so these are all stuff from the new testament um jesus is going to come back and throw sinners into with his angel army and throw the sinners into hell that's not very loving, patient, or kind, uh, or merciful. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah. There's there's so, a bunch of things, and I I even wrote a book, you know, about what the Bible says. What? what? Um, <laughs> just a little book. <laughs> so here's the thing. Hmm. I'm going to use you as example. I love it. Uh, if you yeah. don't mind, um, you don't care about God. Yes, is that true? Statement? I believe like, God is a fictional character, so I care about God as much as any fictional character. Okay. So you yeah. don't okay. So eh, uh, you're fine without him. Yes, hundred percent. I'm better okay. without. You're, believing. you're better without yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, you're better without him. You don't give him much 
thought or attention nope. maybe maybe in these conversations he, co- <laughs> he, he comes up here's the point like uh-huh. sometimes i'll hear the argument of how can a loving god send people to hell yeah. he's not sending nobody to hell what he's doing he's plucking people out that are marching to hell willfully like i'm not people Hold people on, do Yuri, not want i'm not going to throw myself into hell this is an interesting argument. I love this one. So I'm not going to throw myself into hell. I'm standing at the precipice of hell. I'm not going to jump in. Who's going to push me in? I would argue hell is not so much a place as the absence of God. I don't have God now. He's not here in this room. He's not in my house. He's not in my car. He's not in my workplace. I don't have God. You ever hear that phrase hell on earth? Yes. Absence of God. And so I don't have it. I'm not hell on earth. Yuri, I don't have God right now. He's not living in my heart. He's he's not not. in my head. His ghost is not controlling me or sending me thoughts. I have nothing to do with this character and I'm fine. Yes. I'm actually happier without believing this. And you will be fine. Uh You, not you, literally anybody, right? Uh, Will be fine. At the end of the day, when they're in quote unquote hell, right, they'll be fine without God. See, it won't be, it won't be this. So I'm, I'm going to be hell. fine in hell? I, yeah, it won't be this. And this is just my opinion. It won't be, <laughs> hey, I'm in hell. God, what the heck? If you really did exist, how could you have not saved me? Like, what in the world? I think the conversation is more of, I'm in hell. And I still don't want you. I still don't want you. So it's not unloving. Like this idea that, oh, that's an Are unloving thing. From that, perspe- from that person's perspective who rejects God, even in that moment w- w- when the dust settles, they still do not care about God or want anything to do with him. So this idea that you have people in hell saying, oh my gosh, how can this loving God truly send me to hell? Like that's fictitious. That's just not going to happen. It's more like I didn't want you before. I still don't want you. So where am I at when I don't want him? What's this location? Whose location? The location of me when I don't want God and I'm looking up and talking to him. Is it, is that in the physical place of hell or is it just in a void where I'm just thinking yeah, these things they'll, they'll be a physical place so it is a physical just, place is there fire it'll be just it'll be i don't know if it's a real fire if it's if it's you know is it gonna uh, hurt am i gonna be in pain and tortured i think the absence of his presence is is pain and torture in itself you think that but i'm telling you right now it's not i, I haven't now. been i haven't <laughs> been to hell and and you know what's very interesting the scripture hmm. really doesn't talk a whole lot about hell it hmm. just doesn't weird there's there's references of it but the nuances and what it's going to be like and so would you create a a hell for your kids if they didn't love you back i didn't create the hell wasn't created for people okay hell was created he knew exactly what was going to happen he knew when he created hell that he was going to send people there so yes 100 hell was created for people if that's what god knows if god knows everything 100 that's what that is that's how that works. Scripture talks about that hell was created 
or Satan. Cool. And his but God knew it would would said. end up with a bunch of people in it. God knew. God knew creating certain people that those people would end up there. Just like he knew Satan would end up being the bad guy. He knew. But he still did these things. I would not create a hell for my children if they decided not to love me or worship me. I wouldn't. It's I think that's not, sick and monstrous. They're not his children. It's we are chil- all his children, are we not? No. We're not God's no. children. No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> that's a new one. That's Go a ahead. new one. Hey, there's a new one. <laughs> you just throw all kinds of new stuff. I love it. Is this, is this refreshing? <laughs> So what are we? If we're not God's children? Uh, You're not. The only children, like God's children, are those in Christ. Now, you are God's creation. You're not God's children. And I'll go a step. So if you, as God's child, as you, God's child, decided not to love him anymore, would you just not be his child? Well, there's a whole, you know, the whole Calvinist Armenian debate, which I don't want to go into. So one would argue you just really never were his child. Right. And, and you, you probably just didn't heard, believe hard enough. That's uh, what I uh, that we, we, we won't go there. Um, but, and I'll even go, uh, I'll say this. You ready? Totally. God's love for the one in Christ is more and different and greater than the one that's not in Christ. So there's well, two got, for you. Now he's picking favorites. There's two for and there's nothing wrong with that, baby. A hundred percent. Who am I to say? God's not fair. You're a father who you know knows that picking a favorite is not a good thing. The Bible never says anywhere that God is fair. God is just. He God gives us what just. we deserve. Yuri. And so and so yeah, his love for, for the one in Christ is radically different than the one that's outside. And those that are in Christ are his children. The rest are his creation. And there is a sense of love where, for example, Mm -hmm. I have a love towards you. We just met as a human, as Mm -hmm. a person. There's a level of love I have towards you, but it's vastly different than the love I have for my kids. Mm -hmm. And the love I have for my wife is slightly different than the love I have for my kids or my neighbor. So there are different types and levels of love, but yet sometimes we just use this one word love and yeah, God no, loves totally. everybody. And how God, can he? Yeah. He, only, he likes the ones that worship him better. Such a great guy. I want, I do want to merciful, just all these things you keep throwing out there. I It, it just baffles me. Would you, Yuri, as a, as a normal human being, would you slaughter the innocent to forgive the guilty? They're not innocent. That's the would, thing. Would you slaughter? Who's not innocent? So, so the context. Who's not innocent? Who are you talking so, about? So, so let's talk about context. So I don't know if you, are you going like to like Jericho uh, when Israel came? Jesus. What are your... Jesus. God needed to slaughter innocent. In order to save the guilty, would you slaughter the innocent to save the guilty? If you could do anything you want to save these people, if you had ultimate power, would you choose to slaughter the innocent to save the guilty? Oh, you're talking about the fact that God, quote unquote, slaughtered Jesus. God requires bloodshed. To, God to, requires bloodshed. To so you're, you're talking about Jesus as the innocent one and we're the guilty ones. Is that what Either you're way, talking about? Would you do that? Would you slaughter the innocent? If you had any powers you wanted, 
Would you choose to do things that way? Probably not. Why not? But I'll, I'll uh, because and I haven't really given it much thought to be honest. It's very easy. We don't slaughter the innocent to forgive the guilty, and but we are ultimately powered. We can do anything we want. Scripture That's talks not the right way to go about things. Scripture talks about how Jesus laid down his life. It was his choice. Nobody slaughtered so Jesus him. Did, so Jesus unwillingly. Did have a so what happens if Jesus chose not to slaughter himself? See, these are like, these are kind of the, the what if questions. What if, what if? Right, because it doesn't make here, any sense. So what if? The reality happened? is he chose mm -hmm. to surrender to the to the authorities in his uh, in his time. He Why didn't did he have to. to. He didn't did he have to? to. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And Jesus but he didn't came. didn't have to. He didn't have to, but be, yeah, he didn't have to love us. That's the crime. He, he didn't, didn't have, have to, to save kill us. anything innocent to forgive he us. To he could have us. snapped his fingers. He could have blew his nose. He could have farted on the planet and just forgave everybody. How but about a letter? How about a song? No, God wants innocence to die. The entire Old Testament, you have to slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. That's well, what kind of that... monster requires bloodshed in exchange for forgiveness. And that sacrificial system wasn't permanent and effective. But he set it up. And, He's the one right, that set it up. Right, because it was a foreshadow of what was to come. Of him killing and, and himself Jesus, later. And, and Jesus was so the those, ulti ultimate lamb, ultimate sacrifice. So those people that were sacrificing on the first altars for the first hundred years. It was animals. They're sacrificing animals. We're not, they weren't sacrificing people, right? Wow. Wow. Animals are still innocent beings. So we're sacrificing animals pointlessly. God knows it's all pointless. It's not good enough for him for hundreds of years. Let's not even get in the thousands yet. The hundreds of years they're doing this. And he says nothing. This is the way I want it. This is the way I want it. This is the way I want it. Those people are all dead. Now Jesus comes along. What was the point of telling those people that are all dead and preparing them for Jesus? They're dead. That doesn't make any sense to me. Abraham was justified by faith. So, Abraham was going to kill his son because a voice in the head in his head told him to. A, a, Abraham was justified by faith. So we look back on our faith 2,000 years ago, what Christ did. But in the Old Testament, they looked forward to what was to come. So they weren't wasted or, or all just unsaved. Is that what you're referring to? No, I'm just saying that these people that lived for 100 years and then died have no clue about Jesus's blood. They were sacrificing animals. Nowhere did they nowhere did God say, "Hey, you're just sacrificing this so I can teach you that later on I'm going to have to sacrifice myself because you guys are disgusting and I can't I can't hang out with you unless I kill myself." Do you know why? Like do you know why? Why, why did God like, create it this way? Why no, did like, God require bloodshed for forgiveness? Cuz cuz he's holy, there's no blemish. And and being holy naturally separates you from what is unholy. So That's why would it. he create a bunch of unholy beings that can't hang like out? He created us holy. Who? But we, we ate of the fruit in the garden. Adam was holy? Yes. Explain to me how Adam was holy and we are not. But he was before the fall. Before how? Eating, how before was he holy eating. before the fall? He had no sin in him. He had no sin whatsoever. He had no thought crimes? He had no thought crimes. Before How do you eating, know what Adam was before, thinking? Yuri, you're telling me you know what Adam was thinking? Before, uh, well, I, here's what I do know. When, <laughs> when, when, once they ate, 
once they ate uh -huh. of the fruit, they put uh -huh. fig leaves and they covered themselves up. Their uh -huh. eyes were opened. Their demeanor completely changed. Yeah, so prior to what we call the fall, there was no sin. So that's were how they, I could say that sin? there was no sin in his in his mind or in his thoughts. They were, were they completely Was he able to? Yeah. Well, they ate of the fruit. Of course he was able to. So before he ate of the fruit, he was able to sin. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. The, yeah. Don't eat of the fruit. Well, if I do eat of the fruit, I could sin. Of course. Mm. But he did it. Yeah, well. But I, I like what? this conversation. And, and there's a lot of focus on, on let's say, the the why was it like this? And but then the like things that don't make sense. That's we could focus. all yeah, we could also, yeah. you know, focus on uh man, the fact that Jesus would lay down his life. But he didn't and, have to. We're focusing and that, on the whole and, point and that, that through one man. The entire point, the entire point is blemished. Yuri, that's my point. That's my problem. Is when God has to have bloodshed in order to forgive people. That is my problem. He's an all-knowing, all-powerful God. All-loving, supposedly. But he requires bloodshed in order to forgive. That's disgusting. That's not a good thing. That's, that's not subjective. loving, kind, or patient. That's subjective. That's one hundred percent fact. If I if the, you saw a I disagree hero on a TV show, I disagree. Ask, though I'm I'm giving you an example. If you saw a hero on a TV show, ask everybody before I save this city, kill that kid over there. That's mine. I'm not going to save you unless you bathe yourselves in his blood, dude. That's gross and pointless, and one hundred percent. You would not call that person a hero. 100%. What about this? What if I'm standing there talking to the city and said, I'm going to save you guys. Uh -huh. I'm going to lay down my life for y'all. Now, that but I don't have to. I'm but all not, powerful. But that's heroic no, now. No, there is no point. It's pointless. It's completely pointless, Yuri. If you don't have to kill yourself to save people, but you're like, I'm going to kill myself and spread my blood all over you and save you. But you don't have to. You could just... And it's, everybody's saved. So, so, so I don't the, get it. What's the point? So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the bottom line. The bottom oh. line is, in theory, God could have chosen millions of ways of how to in theory, cre create yes. create redemption. And what I'm hearing you is say is the way He chose it makes. Mm -hmm. No sense to you. No, none. No, it makes no <laughs> sense to you. Okay, fair, right. fair. Yeah. What I'm also saying is that's subjective because here I am and the millions of other Christians today, it does make sense. So it's like, because whatever sense, whatever way maybe for you would make sense, like if you kind of went away on a week's a long retreat and thought about what would be the most ideal ideal way and you're like okay i got it this if god did it this way this would make sense for me you might share it with me and i might look at you and say well man dang that now that doesn't make sense to me so it's really Does it make sense to apologize to somebody as opposed to killing something apologize or kill something which makes more sense to you does it have to be either or it's pretty simple. Okay, how about this? Either you kill something as an apology to me or anything else you choose. 
Which makes more sense? Killing something or anything else that you choose? See, the, the, the way the, the way I view Easter, okay, the, the death, burial, resurrection, is not Jesus being killed by God. The way no, it's God being killed by killing the way the, the way you're kind of saying that God killed his son. Ah, he's a mean father. What kind of loving father is that? The way I view it, what kind is, of rational being. No, 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 no. You're you're missing. See, you're missing the point. What kind of rational being is he at that point? He has to send himself as himself in the form of his son in order to save everybody from himself. That's not rational, logical. It doesn't make any sense. The the way I see it is Jesus comes as our representative. Talk about not making sense. A but God, he's God, a God putting on flesh and blood, walking the dirty Palestinian Zeus roads. Did that. Lots of lots but, of gods did that. Uh, that. That's not. But that's that's just. Make of course not. There. Oh, that's silly. That's make believe. Yes, of yes, course. Yes. But my God put on a suit. Th- that's legend. Uh, well, <laughs> Jesus is a historical figure. That, that's uh, that's a whole other topic. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that Jesus is fully God, fully man, in a sense, kind of doesn't make sense that he would even put limitations of a flesh on himself. Like he stepped out of time, out of eternity and into Pointless time. Here. Like that doesn't make sense, right? He did all that, okay. Uh, and so, and he did, and so, and he chose to lay his life down for all pointlessly. Humans. So, as Adam back in the garden was our representative, and he ate of the fruit along with his wife, and as a result, right, the fall of man, depravity, corruption came into this world. Thanks for putting Death. the trees there, God. Death came into this world, right? Like as a result, and it's like one could make the argument: why, why did I take the fall for some schmuck that did something thousands of years ago? Like that's why not did I fair. take the fall for God's decision to put the trees there, to make the trees, to make them look like fruit? That's not my decision. That was God's decision. Why do I have to suffer for God's decision to let the bad guy in to convince Adam? This, this holy, perfect being yeah. to eat of the fruit that God put there on purpose, knowing exactly what it would do. Like it doesn't add up, Yuri. Choice. doesn't add up. Choice. Choice. Yeah. It was he just had free... a choice. God had a choice whether to put his trees there or on the fucking moon, but he chose there. Sorry. Didn't mean to slip. Yeah, out. it's okay. But, but you know what I mean? He had okay. a choice, but God chose to put it in there, in the way, in the path, in the center of the garden. So that man would stumble upon it, so that man would partake of it, so that he would spend the rest of his life being subservient and and broken to God, so that God can get his worship and and feel like a big man. So I just think it's disgusting and pointless, but that's okay. We're going to close it out. I want you to close with whatever uh, last words you have, and then where can we find all of your uh, weight loss stuff? Yeah. So um, be all that you could be. Love people. Love people, um, you know, serve people. And and if you have an open heart, this is to anybody listening, because you got nothing to lose if God exists. <laughs> nothing to lose. And so put a wager. God, if you're really there, help me be in a place and, and my heart be in a posture where I can uh, I could see you. And accept you if you're real. If not, 
than not. But to have that humility to to say, okay, if you're there, show yourself. If not, it's going to go about my business. And then, and then God might send you a Yuri into your life. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, um, Coach Yuri underscore. Most of my content is weight loss there. So if that's not your thing, you probably won't uh, uh, won't enjoy following me. But if you're a busy parent or someone that that would like to lose a little bit of weight without gimmick dieting, Coach Yuri underscore. I give out a lot of free content there. I get people message me saying, hey, I lost a lot of weight just by consuming your free content. Wow. So information, I don't hold it close to my chest. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we don't have a problem with information. I'm not smarter than Google. So I'm going to give you everything I can. Uh, my coaching program and time with me one-on-one, uh, it's, it, uh, that's application only. But as far as free resources, content to just kind of point you into the right direction, get you to lose your first 10, 15 pounds, you'll find a lot of great content on my Instagram page. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for your time today, for your answer, your patience, and for helping people stay healthier. Absolutely, man. You do have some good advice in there. I I really enjoyed that. I appreciate it, too. Um, We'll keep in contact, and uh, I'll let you know when this comes out, man. Stay safe out there. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Next week on the Bible says what? Was God lying to Abraham? Did he tell him to go sacrifice Isaac, but he didn't mean it. Right. That means he was lying to Abraham. Right. And that doesn't work very well. Mm, No. And, and so it's really hard to come up with another way of making it. It's hard to make an excuse for that story. 100%. Make an excuse for that story. No, right, right. Yahweh sent him to go murder his son just as a as a test, but God right, right. knew exactly what his heart and mind and thoughts are 
So right. the test is pointless and monstrous and brutal. So the whole right. story together, I just, I don't like that story. I think it's disgusting. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like so that's why, you know, like my dad said, if, if you're really looking at this and saying, well, you know, about the only way that this fits with a loving God is, is if Abraham thought God told him that. So all the times that God ordered the death of children or killed children <laughs> himself. Yeah. Yeah. All those times. How do you make ex like excuses no, that's, for those? That's, those that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. This is something I.